can't all right, I will do without it. music because my wife we is a music it. teacher. All right, the, the song goes like this. It's Lucio Dalla. It's one of my favorite songs, and it's called Caruso, okay? And then Peter showed me with his phone, Caruso slash lyrics. All right. The song goes like this. Qui dove il mare luccica e tira forte il vento su una vecchia terrazza davanti al golfo di Surriento. Un uomo abbraccia una ragazza dopo che aveva pianto. Poi si schiarisce la voce e ricomincia il canto. Te voglio bene assai, ma tanto, tanto bene assai. È una catena ormai che scioglie il sangue Part after the podcast. No cracks or anything. That was Antonio, pure. you have you have a true skill. <clears throat> you are very good at this. And it's not a foosball. Yo, you haven't seen me and your father sinking. No, no, no. Yo, Felicità. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, good. Yeah, That's good. We'll save that for another day. Hi. Antonio, what a way to start the podcast after an unbelievable weekend. Since you're so good, why don't you you start us? What what inspired you the most? What were you so happy about this weekend? I was so happy because <laughs> rarely see a champion, actually a true pedigree champion like Giroud doing a I don't know how you call. You can correct me. You're the only, you're the only one that can correct me. Those guys are little rookies. <laughs> but a goal a mezza rovesciata, a goal a mezza rovesciata senza i piedi a terra. I'll tell you why. Like he's a volant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the deal. This <laughs> no feet on the, the flying Dutchman. Van no, Basten. the distinction is this: Barella tiro a volo in mezza rovesciata. Giroud. Uh-huh. Spaccata in mezza rovesciata. The two feet are up. Boom! Before the ball touches the ground. But Barella, he had one foot planted into the ground. Mezza rovesciata. Oh, oh my God. Oh, the camera. Camera. Oops. Oh, Sorry. No, no, they can't see me Did anymore. I move the camera, Nick? Sorry. So, il gesto tecnico, meaning the technical ability of Giroud on that shot, it was like way over the World, World Cup, World Championship. It was a great goal from him. I thought your favorite moment was going to be your buddy sitting across from you. Oh, that is going to taste so good, Pete. You're going to have to make coffee because unfortunately... <laughs> That's actually true. Unfortunately, you lost. It's unfortunately for you, but fortunately for us. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, I was sitting next to him during the game and I could not tell whether he wanted... Juventus to lose or no. Inter to lose or which one would have been worse to lose? He kept going know. back and forth. Yeah, he kept going back and forth. So what is it? Is it for you 
pleasure is more when Juventus loses or when Inter loses? Well, this or you're looking at the classifica at the, at the standings <laughs> and then you decide you know that what? which one. You were hanging around with the rifle with me for a, for a while. Now you're getting the point. Uh, okay, so okay. In this particular you. situation, you got it right, Gatana. I got you, I got Since you. Juventus was two points below, I said I'd rather them to win. Not because I like Juventus, but uh, you we know, I'd rather Juventus mm. to come up a little bit more. And, uh, and any anytime that Inter loses, it's a pleasure regardless who's playing Inter. It's a so, uh, it's so, a you know. I, I'll go yes. to you on this one to, as the Inter fan. Mm-hmm. I said it to you right before. How did you guys lose to this Juventus? I thought for sure, especially without Vlaovic starting, uh, you know, Miretti was the only one that played behind Milik, Milik, especially how that first half went. How did how did your team not be able to win this game? Listen, any any derby games, no matter how the team performs or has performed in the in the season, it's gonna it's gonna be a completely different game because especially what we saw in the first half, both teams did everything. Uh, in their possible, uh, I guess, approach to the game was to let's not concede. Mm. Let's kind of just have a controlled attack. We're not going to force anything. We have a whole other half to try to figure out a game plan or figure two? out things. You think for me, 100%. Well? 100%. I think Inter really? had more chances going forward. Mm. But if you saw a lot of the, a lot of the time, the ball was coming back into the mm. defense, moving side by side because they were trying to pull you always do Allegri. That, okay. But what I'm trying to say is, even even when we had more chances going forward, it wasn't the usual approach that I want to see mm. in in the in the inter games, um, especially versus Juventus team. So going back to your point, this Juventus team, although it's not what it was uh, or where they should be this year, in a derby game at home versus their arch rivals, you know that they're gonna co- you know show up or, or this is gonna be a very tight mm-hmm. game or. or you know, a, a difficult difficult game for Inter. The way that I saw it, I, I saw it as really a game of two halves. I think the first half, I agree that the defensive approach came from Juventus. That's mm-hmm. how I saw it. You know, he had this block of five and four, or four and five at times, just overloading the midfield. Milik was uh, sitting on an island all the way. He was on a Greek island all the way up top. He had nobody even close to being with him. And I don't think Juventus even tried to really go forward. And it was Inter who was on the forefront. They were the ones trying to get the, um, trying to actually score a goal. <clears throat> and the big difference is that you weren't able to score. You didn't convert your chances, especially in the first half. You had Dumfries, right? He had an opportunity. Uh-huh. Lataro had an opportunity. Jekyll had a header. Then, of course, there's Lataro later on when he's on a one on one, but it's a different moment of the match. And then once you weren't able to score, it was Juventus who came out in the second half actually with the right approach. And once Juventus scores a goal, they are very hard to beat because it's the only way that their game plan goes. If Juventus concede, they have no other option. They have to defend, 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 try to score this first goal, and then you'll see the style that they try to play. I was impressed, though, from Juventus. Usually, they'll sit back and they're very conservative. I I actually like their approach even after they scored a goal because they went for the second and they nearly even got a third once Federico Chiesa came on where they were finding spaces. But... I saw it as you didn't take your chances and it let Juventus build into the match more. I didn't think that you started out that bad. No, we didn't start out bad, but I think it was still an, a controlled approach to trying to score the goal. Inter had the opportunities, yes, but if you saw, everything was not a force. Unfortunately, for the team that we have, 
We don't have anyone being able to take a man on mm. 1v1 and create this numerical advantage. This is something that I've been saying for a while now, but I think it's even more evident when a team closes the way Juventus does that you need someone to have a spark, to break the lines, to 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 beat a man on a dribble and and be able to find the open man and unfortunately call. we weren't able to have that. Our wing play uh, at times was atrocious, I would have to say. Like, we weren't able to create real opportunities. I, I mean, I don't want to be too critical because maybe I'm looking at it as the full 90 minutes. Definitely in the first half, I mean, Lautaro had a chance on top of the box. Maybe he hits it better, he scores. Zeko, the ball, little, I don't know how he missed that, that goal. I know it came at him fast, but that was a problem. And then the third one, which is the sitting one, I think. Dumfries right in front of the goal. You get your foot on that, you have to tap it in. You have to try to get it on frame. And you cannot miss that goal. So one other thing before before I let everybody jump in, just to push on your thing about creativity. Now we know Lukaku wasn't there; he's the only other guy. Does Lukaku even solve that problem though? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes. For me, yes. Mm. Lukaku. Tell me how. Well, first off, we we know his physicality, but uh, let alone his physicality is his speed. I think adds an important component to this Inter team because you can get out of trouble. With someone like that, because you know if you're gonna hit the ball long, let's say, someone's gonna be able to run on and get onto that ball. I think Jaco suffered a lot in this match due to the physicality of both Bremer and Danilo. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Juventus defense were on top of them nonstop. Lautaro had an off day, and is it in credit to Juventus defense? I think so, yes. But at the same time, Lautaro has to do much better. You're the number 10. You're supposed to be the, the star of, of this team. You have to be that spark for this team. Uh, to go off of Juventus now, not to take over you know, the, the whole segment with Inter Juve, but Juventus scored on their first chance that first they had. First shot on target. Yeah. So, like, you know, it, it was on a corner kick, Inter corner kick, that we lost and... Juventus went on the counterattack, typical Allegri style, getting the counterattack. Kostic ran past Barella. 60 yards. Like even there, I think, Bare- I think Barella, you know, obviously hindsight, you got to throw him onto the floor. If you yeah. have the chance get to grab him, get that yellow card, throw mm-hmm. him on the floor, stop that counterattack because you know it's deadly. Um, and that changes the outcome of the game. Inter were lucky also that Danilo handball, which, you know, everyone complains about VAR, but whatever. It, it was the right decision. The goal was taken away. Inter got a blessing. At that point, Inzaghi's got to make the sub right away. You got to try to change something. What you know took a little bit too long, and then even the the second goal from Juventus was a clearance by Bremer, where Brozovic literally would have had the ball right in the in the top of the box to to score, or potentially yeah. score. No, I was gonna say I was surprised by this, over. and I just want to say Bremer had a great, great wow. match. I, he he played unbelievable. That's the reason why Juve got him from Torino, but. I feel like you saw how the game would have turned ever, ever since you saw Inter missing all these chances. I mean, me and Gaetano were looking at each other like, wow, they they missed another chance, they missed another chance, they missed another chance. And I just saw, you can just see Allegri rubbing his hands. You know the momentum's going to shift. And as, you know, Juve do, they're extremely clinical and got that 1-0 goal. And then after that, it was very tough to be, especially because Inter were having an off night in terms of attack and stuff like that. But the, I think the big reason for me, I do agree with you, Peter, in terms of Lukaku. I think this World Cup break is going to be a huge blessing in disguise for Inter just because I feel like they got to get back on track. They're losing a little bit. And I think Lukaku is the kind of player that... 
he's a striker that could do all. He can hold the ball. I think he beat uh, a man 1v1. He has a he's a pretty technical for a big guy. So him and Lautaro up front, I think that partnership needs to be mended very quickly. It's been unfortunate because he's had a few injuries no, back to it. back. But, Mike, but once he comes back, I, I think mean, it's going to be better. But they were just getting into good form. Like yeah. they were winning in Serie A. Yeah. I don't know if it was four wins, three or four yeah. wins you had. Mm -hmm. They just got out of the group, uh -huh. which was an incredible feat. Yeah. We know what they did to Barca. So did they need to get into the World Cup break? Because before that, they were they were going up. I saw them. I saw Juventus like this. Yes, in Serie A. Okay, mm -hmm. they were winning, but they beat Lecce. They beat Empoli. While Inter were rising. Lukaku, two years ago, when the whole team didn't have an answer, I feel like Lukaku was one of the only players on that team that did have an answer. Mm. A, a spark of brilliance. He did everything for that team. He was so unselfish. So I feel like r him being there, I think he makes a world of a difference. And you still think it's going to be the same Lukaku of two years ago, even uh, though we haven't really seen unfortunately, him Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the same one, but I definitely think it's going to be a, a huge improvement uh, to Jekyll. And, and him and Lautaro being together, healthy, uh, playing off each other with the uh, right chemistry, I think we're going to see a very But you think player. that's the biggest, you think like the biggest <clears> difference <throat> of that match, you think if Lukaku was there, then Inter don't have to reevaluate other I, problems. I think if Lukaku was there, the score would have been different. And meaning Inter would have converted those chances and went on to win the I match. Think, I think Inter would have converted those chances if Lukaku was starting that game. One I thing for, for you, because I, I think I think it's a deeper problem, personally. I've been a big fan of Inter. I haven't made that, I haven't been shy about that. I really like the style that Inzaghi brings to teams. I think it's very fluid at times. We saw what how it worked in the Champions League. Uh, but of course, he comes with his faults, and one of those faults, you've never been a big fan of Inzaghi, although he has a very good record against Juventus. It seems like the top teams, the top games this year, and help me build this out, because uh, I know they lost to Roma, they lost to Lazio, Lazio Milan, they lost to Juventus, Milan. Udinese. They lost those games. For you, what does that come down to? The, is it an Inzaghi thing? Because again, I'm, gearing, I'm laying this up to you because I know you're not the biggest fan of him as a coach. Well, for me, uh, it comes to uh, something that Insagi does not have. I, you know, I cannot pinpoint what he has, but I, I was never a fan of him. I don't know. He doesn't prepare the games the right way. He doesn't motivate the team the right way. I mean, against Juventus, you don't need that much motivation to uh, to build. But there's something that he that he misses, you know. That when it comes to the big games, he, I, I, does he does he have the leadership? I think it, it becomes down to uh, to his leadership. You know, who who's the leader of that team? Barella, right now, I think. Who, who's the leader? Yeah. Barella had a bad game, you know. So I don't know. There's nobody that when. It comes push comes to shove. Yeah. Push comes. You know, screen, you think yeah, you, 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 you hope it's getting there. You need to yeah. get the, yeah. you know and say, hey, I gotta get this. And him from the outside, he doesn't do it. You know, it just uh, you know sometimes I, I see some of the coaches that you know they really yeah. you know they they on the sideline and they, they he doesn't I don't know he doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I'm I mean, the, sorry, sorry. No. Uh, Go, go, go. I was just going to say, for, for me, my biggest thing is the the reading of the game or the substitutions are what, what bothers me. Because I feel like when a team goes down one nothing or even gets away with not getting that second goal and get disallowed, right? That's where you have to take that opportunity and say, okay, 
I gotta make changes. We we're not. It's not working. What was needed? What if you were there? I what do, do? What do you well, like? He looking ma- in hindsight, what was no, wrong? I'm saying he made the changes already. Like mm-hmm. when he did make them, so he made Korea Brozic. The timing mm. too late. Mm. Like you have to try to get into that game and change something quicker Before. rather than later. And you have to uh, be on on the mark with with those subs. So, and you know we're talking about this Juventus game, but we can look at, at different games throughout the season where those substitutions have not always been on time. Uh, I want to make talk- two, three points. Let me just say it first. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to tee you up. We spoke a lot about Inter already. Yeah. But the, the, the but most Juventus important is- stuff was not said. What was the most important thing? Okay. First of all, the characterization of you guys, with, if Lukaku, yes, if he was there, if he was not there, I totally disagree. Okay. Because the game of yesterday, Juventus did not ever, was not stretched out for Lukaku to make the run. Juventus was red, right there waiting with the, their four, sometimes five defender, and then just do the counter, number one. Lukaku will not have all that space. All the Juventus defender were on the, on the top of the game, and they were just, uh, you know... As soon as you touch the ball, you have already. Uh, there is no room for you to turn and, and uh, to make the run. No way that Lukaku will have made a difference yesterday. That's number nah, one. No way. Number two, yesterday's derby, quote, quote unquote, the derby was. This is normally called il derby d'Italia. Was this was called il derby dei poveri d'Italia? You know why? Because all you did, you guys did, you trade fifth to sixth place, right? You trade, you traded the fifth <laughs> place to sixth place, and now we bring in the, this this derby d'Italia. Like to to the to the top of the you know like the cream right, of, of, of the point? campionato. The next point is this: <laughs> Juventus could have won or lost the game because of the mistakes that you guys make. If Inter will have scored on the first on the first one, your game will be totally gone. Yeah. And you would probably hundred percent agree with sure. uh, that. Would have been a two nothing Inter or three nothing Inter mm-hmm. because yeah. they didn't score with Lukaku and they didn't score mm-hmm. with uh, with the dump. Lautaro. Okay. Lautaro. Lautaro. So, I I totally agree with that. But let's shift, let's shift. We we talked enough about Inter. Let's shift focus to the team that won the game. I think that Allegri, yes, he has this approach where it's to not concede. Today it worked. It worked, but it it also worked not because you were limiting chances. Really, maybe you limited some of them, but it was that Inter was not able to Unlucky. convert their chances. Yeah. Now, at the same token, while I'll take I took a little bit of credit away from him, it, the game plan worked. It did work because they ended up getting the win and they saw the game how he wanted to. For me, the biggest talking point when we see this Juventus is where can they really compete it's been an extremely negative year very very negative but all things considered they are four points from second place I believe I don't have the table right in front of me but I think it's it's close to there uh and then 10 points from Napoli considering all the injuries you're out of Champions League this and that you found (laughs) two jewels because if we talk about young Italian players the performance from Fagioli Besides the goal, because I don't care about the goal, the performance from Vajoli, the guy had personality. The kid had personality. He tried to play his game. He's making a statement. He doesn't look nervous. And to play a Derby d'Italia, to play for Juventus, you know, some players, their knees are shaking. I really love that he tried to play his style no matter what. Miretti, same thing. He didn't score, but maybe he was even better. I love the way that Miretti played in that match. He was brilliant. And they found these these two little jewels that have popped out of nothing. And my only hope is that even when these players come back, these players that were supposed to start, I would let them earn their way into the lineup and let the young kids play. They play with heart. They play with spirit. They play with passion. And they want to play for the jersey. It's very rare to kind of get these sort of youngsters to actually perform in this level. And because they were dealt those cards, 
I think they've handled it in a good way, and I just hope that they're able to manage it out. Last thing I'll say, uh, the introduction. Federico Chiesa, I, I think it's understated, his importance, even in the locker room of Juventus. The guy brings a competitive edge to the team, where a lot of times this season, I saw from Juventus, I see from the players, they're, they're kind of like passengers, right? They're, they're standing around. There's no one who looks like they're they're dying. I mean, when Chiesa plays, it looks like he can't breathe if he doesn't get this ball or if he doesn't take this shot or make this movement. I think he's helped everything else. And then lastly is Kostic, last guy you got to talk about. His crosses, the assists he brings, he's always deadly. And he's probably the most important player in the system at the current moment, of course, for the two assists that he had, but also just for how he's able to whip in these balls and change a game by a moment, especially on set pieces, which is where this Juventus seems to dominate because they don't have the build-up play. So I confirmed there are four points from second place. And uh, you asked the question uh, uh, the last time saying, well, will Juventus be there at the end? Yes, and we, I said, yes, Juventus will be. They will be in the top four by the end of the season. So if you get four or five wins in a row, which they did, they're going to be there. But talking about yesterday's game, and we spoke in the morning, I knew they have the best defense. I knew that they were going to get a point. I know I, they were going to. I didn't think they were going to win the game, but they were not going to lose this game. Not with the best defense in Serie A, they were going to get something. And then I saw that Chiesa was on the bench and that Di Maria was on the bench, and I said, with these two guys coming in late, maybe they could do something. So what's uh, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, the game was so boring. A typical Allegri, the fullback gives it to, to Bremer. Bremer gives it to the other fullback. The fullback gives it back to Bremer. And, they, and that's all they did for the first 20 minutes. I mean, and this is Allegri's game. And, you know, even though Gradla said, oh, you know, it was a great win. Yeah, it probably was a great win, but... I'm watching the game, and as I'm watching the game, it's so boring that, you know, I expect a lot more from Juventus. But what is Allegri going to do? That's what he, the cards that he has, and he's trying to make the best out of the cards that he has. So what he does, he passes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If he gets a goal, and then he's going to, because he played 4 4 1 1 with Miretti behind Milik. And then if he gets a goal, what he's going to do? He's going to put. Everybody, two walls, one wall here, one wall there, and then he puts Chiesa, and he's going to go with a counterattack, and he almost got, the, and Chiesa almost got the, the goal. But this is not what Juventus, this is not what we want to see. I, I see some teams in the in the Champions League, some teams in the Europa League, I mean, they play entertainment soccer, and they win the games. Uh, you see some, and Juventus, to me, the way they're playing right now, it's not entertaining at all. And I don't know. I I was, very, I was not happy yesterday. Yeah, you What's still that? think that they're going to go all the way and still be in the top no, four? No, they're going to be in the top four because of the way he played yesterday. Mm. That was, you know, yesterday, he did not have the better team, mm. but he put the, the, the game and the tactical game to the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, don't do anything. Just pass the ball back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Gotcha. And then... In the second half, you get a chance, you get a counterattack, you're going to win. I mean, Kostic, what he did, running 60, 70 yards, um, and he was with the ball, and Barella without the ball, and he was ahead of him. And Anyone have anything else. different? Anything else that they uh, noticed? I want to add 
couple things to what Gaetano was saying. Gaetano, Gaetano believed yesterday while we were watching the first half together. He said, if I was in charge, I will go to the locker room and tell Agnelli, you are fired. This is not the Allegri. style of play. I'm Allegri. sorry. Uh, Allegri. Allegri. I said, this is not the style of play that Juventus is supposed to be displaying on Got the you. field. But nothing's going to change from now until the end of the season. But how can you have a high <laughs> expectation on this Juventus with just four points uh, from the second place or uh, and 10 points from the first place? This is just pure mathematic that means nothing at the end of the day. You guys have to play soccer. You have to make the people that they pay the tickets worth coming to the stadium and watch a game. Okay? Gaetano was asleep. Once in a while, I used to, <laughs> I used to just, hey. I said, I said, this is so boring. This is so boring. And he was but, right. But, but like, you know, that dives into like a bigger conversation. Let's just keep it to this week because we know, we know that. My only pushback to that is I feel like when he does get his players and when they, I think that they're, they're begging to get to this World Cup break, when they regroup and they have the Di Maria and Chiesa on each flank and they get all these players back, I do agree that that's when they become dangerous and then that's when you keep them in the conversation. Not for the style, but more so just because he's been better at managing players. So two different conversations. If nobody has anything else, we'll move on because a uh, lot's been said about these teams. Okay. Where do you want to go, Mike? Take, take us to the next. You want to talk about the other derby that... Uh, might have been a little bit boring to start. The Roma Derby. We can talk oh. about that. Oh, boy. Lead I think, off, Mike. by the way, I think I'm the only one. Uh, maybe I'm not. We got to double check. Uh, the game ended 1 0 to Lazio. You're the only one. Am what? I the only one that picked a lot? I said Lazio to win that. I did. Oh, they, probably. Am I the only I didn't one that have said Lazio that? To win. Do you guys remember your predictions? Now everybody P doesn't remember. P yeah, P no, by no, the way, you got to make no, us a coffee while we do it. You want it now? Yeah, do it now. We'll, Who wants we'll the coffee? Yeah. Oh, yes. By the way, Pete, your team lost. Great transition. Of course. Pete, make us a coffee. <laughs> okay, how many? Make us a coffee. Uh, Mine, I have e one. Extra creamy, please. All right? <laughs> extra. Extra creamy. sure. Extra sure. For, like me, sure. I'm going to make No sugar. Yeah. No sugar. Yeah. No sugar. No, no, no. Hey, Peter so. Curto is going to make me a cafe. <laughs> Corto. <laughs> You're a genius. You're a genius. What? You're a genius. Oh, I'm a genius. You're a genius. Wow. Nick, oh, I'm a genius. Make sure you record it. Hey, Nick, I thought that was a goat. Now I'm a genius. Okay. No, no one hold talking. on to that. So <laughs> record it. Make sure. Let's keep going with uh, congratulations. Mike, why did you think that Lazio was going to win this match? I just Without Milinkovic, Savic, yeah, and Chino Mobile, why did you think yeah. that they were going to win this game? I just Tell had a, maybe it was a and lucky Roma guess. Roma was home. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was a lucky guess, but I, I just had an itch. Sometimes I feel like Lazio. Paper cups there. I feel like Lazio have been playing pretty decent, even though they're missing the two most important players. And um, lately, I just felt like they will cause an upset. Sari, if I think Sari like lives and dies for these matches. They were butting heads in the beginning at halftime, Mourinho and Sari, and I just love seeing that. But uh, yeah, I think it was more of a hunch, a hunch than anything. Ibanez, man, I feel like that guy guarantees two or three huge mistakes a season. You don't think he, he does? He literally, he had two people in the, he had two Roma players in the box. He literally gave up a ball and Pedro ended up finishing it. I, I couldn't believe it. But wait, Mike, why do you say, why do you think that you had this feeling with Lazio? Because sort of like, um, how Inter and Juventus, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wait a minute. No, sorry, because Lazio was going into a, a bad moment. They yeah. lost to Salernitana. Yeah. They had only conceded five goals in their first 12 games, in their first 11 games. Then they conceded three to Salernitana. They knocked out to the Europa League. They had this whole big blowout with the Conference League where Sadi said, if I'm the president, I wouldn't even play in this competition. 
so much of this was said. Yeah. So and then they're missing their two best players. So yeah. what made you feel like that they would win this? I feel game? like it had a, it had to be some kind of statement win from Sadi and Lazio. I feel like so much were, was going against them from a good star. And I just feel like they would upset Roma, even though they're playing at the uh, even though they're playing at supposedly uh, Roma. Roma was home that game, and I was like, you know what? Everyone's going for Roma. Everyone's this is gonna happen, but. You know, they didn't make it easy. It was extremely, like we said, it wasn't fun to watch game. It was an extremely gritty game. Mm. A lot of the midfield, all the, it was all clogged in the midfield. There wasn't a lot of balls going through. And I think a lot of us could have guessed the game would have been won by a mistake. And I think that's exactly that's what sure. happened. And once that goal happened, it was like, ah, I can't see a, I can't see, it would be hard to see another goal or two for Roma to overturn it. Overall, we'll go to we'll go to you, Gaetano, because you thought you just said the opposite of Mike. You thought Roma was gonna win. I thought Roma was gonna win. <clears throat> there was not that in my mind. But if you would have told me you want to put some money on it, you, you want to bet on it, you would. It's difficult to bet on a derby. Yeah, yeah. you know because you know it, it's goes the, out the, window. the derby. It, it's it's a different game. Okay, even though you might not have the better Explain. team. Uh, there's so much emotion on a derby and so much uh, that sometimes uh, even though you have the better team, you might not win that game because of all the emotion and the thing, the city, the city, they talk about this game and like you have reported many times, you know, this is the most, I, I think sometimes it's more important <laughs> than winning, uh, uh, you know, that, that game, it means so much bragging rights for the, for the town and for the city that that's going to last for weeks. So if I had to put money on it, I would not put any money on it. But I thought <laughs> I, would put it I thought that okay. Roma was going to win. That so you game. thought Roma was going to win. How far into the match did you think to yourself, yeah, I was wrong? How far into the match? Where did you start to lose it? Was it right away from the approach of Roma? Was it after the goal? Or did you still keep believing in, in the team? I think once they went behind and they were losing one nothing. They, there was nothing. They were not creating yeah. anything. No, you know? both of them were. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. no no pulling teeth. You know, it's not that. Oh man, they're creating chances like Inter. They were creating two, three chances, four chances. You know, they might score. Nothing. I didn't see. To me, uh, Roma is too dependent on Dybala. Mm. You know, if Dybala is not there, the creativity, yeah. nothing happens well in said. the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. You know, to yeah. uh, to support. Uh, the um, Abraham. I, you know, I sort of, to draw parallels between the games, I feel like uh, what I feel about Roma, I feel about Juventus as well, that when they do concede first, it's very hard for them to get back into the match. And I remember checking that Roma hadn't come back. Once they were losing at uh, at halftime, they had not won a single match. I And I do agree. I mean, let, let's we'll start with Roma, and then we'll go to Lazio, the team that won the game. For Roma, totally agree. I mean, there's so many of these back-to-back, side-to-side passes, no real creativity up top. They're missing that spark. They don't have their top players that are performing at a level that they should be. And there's a lack of uh, quality in the style of the game, right? It works. Yes, they're, they're ready to go to war. They've got this mentality. They were pumped up on energy. That's all great. But then when you don't have that, when you have to actually play the game, there's no real build-up or style, and we know that's sort of, that's Jose Mourinho, that's his style of play, he brings a lot of things, 
to the game, but that is not one of them. I think that's not anything crazy to be said. Thank you, Pete, for the coffee. Cheers, Cheers. Pete. Cheers. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, well done. Actually, you know what? This You made a spectacular coffee. Let's yeah. hope that Inter loses every week so you keep <laughs> making that way. So just to finish uh, from my thoughts on, on Roma, that's what disappointed me the most. And I totally agree with you that they are 100% reliant on a player that has the creativity of Paulo Dybala to be able to get goals because their only way that they were going to score in this game it was a set piece it was a lost ball I and agree. guess what the stupid thing is that Roma's not game is not even that Ibanez is not even a dribbler yeah. like since when yeah. you put three of them Mourinho literally puts three defenders there because they're all not good enough like Ibanez he doesn't trust Ibanez or Mancini or Smalling to play two men in the back so he has to put all three of them to limit risks and then you're dribbling out of the back against Crazy. Lazio at least die on your own sword. Yeah, at yeah. least let let Lazio beat them, beat you at the game they that you're play. not as good at. Yeah, yeah. Not the one that you're you're good at. I, I hope sure. that makes sense. Anyone else on Roma? Uh, let me just please stay yeah. on Roma. On Roma, yeah. First of all, you said it before. First of all, you've been wearing a Roma a Roma uniform almost like, like that. You've been saying all of those nice tell, things about Tell the Roma. people what you said when I walked in. Like you this. look like a, that a, a Halloween was over, right? <laughs> so by the way, by the way, Roma don't have orange the, the game that I read about Roma, Dybala, Dybala is definitely the, the franchise player right now, even though it's not, not even four or five months. And it, you can tell it's the leader of the uh, of the team, number one. Number two, this Zaniolo, it's so difficult to figure this kid out. Mm. He's got all the drive, he's got, the, he's got the, the speed, he's got some good technical skill, but he gets lost into the game the i don't see i cannot really tell him that it's a great striker it's a great midfielder it's a great uh, wing this guy is all over the places but i don't think he's good enough that's a good point it's not good enough if i was roma i mean i like i mean as a kid i'm, I'm sure it's a spectacular kid but if i was the roma uh, uh ownership i would monetize him well, immediately. you always got to take it to the next level yeah, you have such a good point about you can't figure I out know, position but i then you will say you monetize sell him asap i mean i, I just want to say something quickly about zaniolo yeah i understand He's not the best finisher. He doesn't make the best decisions all the time. He doesn't pick his head up enough. But I feel like Zaniolo's the only one that tries to make things happen. Like he take, tries to take on two, three men. He keeps running back. He defends. Uh, he's always back and forth. He creates. He, he does create a lot but of things, whether you like much, it or not. Like, Maybe he does try, try to do too much. But if you actually look, he's everywhere. He's trying to do one-twos. He's running back. He's hustling. He's fighting for the ball. Yes, he can improve. He's still a kid. Maybe he's overhyped a little bit, but that's not because of him. That's because of the media. But I think there's a lot more to be seen from him in the future. Part of being a good teammate is understanding your teammates and knowing the weaknesses and strengths. For me, I like Zaniolo a lot. I would not sell him. But I do think that he does too much. And I don't think that that's a good thing. Like, I don't think that it's a praise. I think that at times you need to know where you're good at and then know where you're... Other teammates are good at it. Uh, let me just say on Zaniolo, uh, because you guys make the point on Zaniolo, Zaniolo cannot finish. Yeah, okay? yeah no, we agree he, with you on that. He cannot he's finish. He creates, he runs, he, his work rate is unbelievable. I mean, he does everything well, but he cannot put the ball in the net. Mm-hmm. Zaniolo is for a 4-4-2. Four, four you put 4-4-2 four, four, and you put two forwards in front of him and you put him on the wing... I think that would be mm-hmm. the best thing because he does not have the pressure. <clears throat> if he plays as a forward right now, he has got the pressure of scoring a goal. Score. He can score. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Zaniolo, the way he plays, he, he seems to be too nervous. That's how I, I, I see him on the field. It's the pressure, I think. And He's got pressure to score. 
there's pressure. Like at any big club, you're always gonna have pressure. But you notice, like during the games, every time he gets fouled, every time it, he's always first to yell at the referee, yell at this guy. What? Easy, man. Get the foul, get up, and and play the game. So I feel like he's got a lot of talent, and he's shown glimpses of that talent. Mm. And I think one part that he's really missing is, like Aitano said, his finishing is poor. Because we see time and time again where, you know, you have the opportunity to to just caress the ball yeah, into yeah, the back yeah. of the net. And he's trying to kill the ball. So this is a level of maturity that I think he still has to figure out. Let's not forget he was out for a year and a half, you know, with his injuries. So I think it's also a little bit of the, the anger or, or just trying to get out there and kill it yeah. where he needs to calm down. So for me, I want to also see Mourinho in his role as a leader, as the coach of this team. What is he saying to Zaniolo to be able to get him to reach where he should be and to calm down a little bit? And sometimes, yeah. I, you know, to to reflect off that, it's like, is Mourinho the right coach for a Zaniolo? Mm-hmm. Because Mourinho, if you see him on the... On the on the sideline, his antics are very similar to what we see on the Roma field, where all these players are always, you know, uh, fighting. Yeah, like, and, and you like to see it, but at the same time, you lose control of, of a game sometimes. So you need to have a little bit of that composure, and that's where finishing is all about—the composure. Know, I I I learned one 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 little sentence in the United States since I came uh, from Italy. That's we it. On a rowboat. <laughs> He's a spectacular kid. Like Gaetano said, he's got a big heart, a lot of intensity on the game. He means well. But uh, over here, they, you, get, you get called a jack of all trade. In other words, you do everything well except finishing. I need you to finish. I don't need you to do, do three things instead of five. Great. I don't need you to do six things. Great. I need you to do one thing good and three things. Yeah. Not as, not as good. I need you to finish. I need you to finish. Let's talk End about of the story. Let's talk about the team that won, Lazio, because I think they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, this is now another clean sheet for them. Great job from them uh, defensively, even if they didn't have a lot of uh, chances from Roma. There was not too much pressure from that side. Uh, you know, there's a couple shots from Zaniolo, uh, but the team in general this season, besides that one fluke match against Salernitana where they conceded three, Defensively, they've been superb. They were missing, and I'll say I was uh, on your side. I was with you. I thought it was going to be a tie, but I did not think there was a way that Lazio could win this match considering they were missing Milinkovic-Savic and Chiro Mobile. And when I saw the last game against Salernitana, I saw how much Milinkovic-Savic was lacked. And for me, he's the most important player in the team. He's more important than Chiro Mobile because I actually like what Felipe Anderson brings to a team. Well, that He could be a, a next topic. But the fact that they won this derby with 60,000 Roma fans and the Lazio fans that, that were there, they were great. The, the choreography was spectacular supporting their team. But it's a hostile environment when you have those Roma fans there. The fact that they won this match tells me so freaking much about the team. They've won a lot of head-to-head matches. They've won against Roma. They won against you guys, right? They won against uh, Atalanta. Those three games tell me that this team is serious and they go about their business in a certain way. And my I, I really like Sadi for certain teams. I've been very clear with that. I don't think he's for the top team. I think he's for a team of the level where he doesn't have too much pressure on him. But one critique I always, always had about Sadi is that he always will die on his sword, where he has to play the beautiful football. 
And if he doesn't, no, 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 we don't need to win the game. <laughs> this match, I feel like, and, and those three that I mentioned, he, saw, he was more pragmatic about the game. He was, let's win this match. They won off of a mistake, which is, which is good in and of itself, but they didn't need to overexpose themselves going forward and leave gaps at the back. Now, whether that's for Roma's lack of style um, or anything else, I think that now it's a third time that they've done this in a big game. That shows the maturity that this team has gotten to, and they have brilliant players. And I'll let you guys talk about the ones up top. The one guy I want to highlight is Cataldi. The man cleans up so many passes in the, in the midfield. I really love what he brings to a team. I will be honest. You tell me 12 months ago that I'm going to be highlighting Cataldi in a Rome Derby for Aaron Pornius, mm. I would think you're crazy because I always thought he was a very average player. But he plays his part into this team and as well as the rest of the squad. The rest of the 11 Zakanya's all play top. a really yeah. great match. Yeah, Anto, I was going to... You stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say Zakania. He had a little rocky start when he came from Verona. But I feel like he really embodies Lazio very well. He's a real fighter. Great classic uh, kind of winger. And I feel like he's not going to talk to not talked enough about just because they have other great players like Immobile and Milinkovic Savic and stuff like that and people were saying if he was Lazio quality and stuff like that because mm -hmm. you're coming from a team like Verona but now Verona are literally dead last because they sold a few key players and it, it's causing vital because it's going to be very tough for them to stay in Serie A this season with all the players leaving but yeah you've got to give it to Lazio even though if it was a mistake or what culture's about capitalizing if you don't capitalize uh, P Peter knows with his team what happened uh, really dearly. If you don't want to capitalize on your chances, that's when uh, that's when the chances happen and a lot of regret comes in. But great job from Saudi. Yeah. What you got about Lazio? Got uh, Lazio, I think uh, the you know what when you see a good team, it's what they do defensively. That's why mm -hmm. you know to a certain extent, even Allegri's Juventus, not to jump up, but Allegri's Juventus, the fact that they're defensively so sound, it's going to put you in the position to win games. And that's the same thing with this Lazio team, where in the past, they've often struggled with, you know, getting goals against, and now we see a completely different approach to the game, where, as you said, they're more pragmatic, but also defensively more secure. So when you, when you are able to maintain a clean sheet, that one chance that you get, let's say you're having an off day, and you put it away, you're collecting three points. So, Sarri, you know, he lives and dies by his Sarri ball. But I think the the players that he has at his disposal with his Lazio team fit him well. I mean, even with Milinkovic-Savic out, you have a Luis Alberto who, you know, technically speaking, is very, very good. And, you know, the Zaccagni, Pedro also having the experience that he has. So, you have a good mix of players. So, I'm not surprised where they are. Definitely, but I, I have to say, but Roma at home, I would expect Roma to win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Mourinho, there's a lot of hype, obviously, and you, you kind of have these ups and downs throughout a season. He needs to be more consistent uh, as far as scoring, you know, creating that, that opportunity to win a game. And, you know, he's always been a coach where he's had the best players be able to solve the, mm -hmm. the question for him. And in this case, we're, we're kind of seeing the same thing where, as last year, where when the going gets tough, who's going to win you the game? And, and his comments after the game, I didn't agree with as well, saying that Lazio had a half chance and they scored. Uh, I mean, you know, you I know I understand what he's doing with yeah, that. Yeah, those are mind tricks. I understand not to take it as face value, but I think there's also merit in being honest yeah. and saying when you don't play good because yeah. you play a Rome Derby and you don't even score... 
you barely have a chance to yeah. score a goal. I mean, for me, that's embarrassing. That's not that's not Roma. That's not what Roma should be. Mm-hmm. So you also got to own up to that as well, because as I'm a big fan of Mourinho, I always mm-hmm. have been. But when I hear that, it puts a bad taste in my mouth because I look at a team that I wanted to see do well. I wanted to see put a good display. And <clears throat> anyone who watches football can tell that that was not a good performance from Roma. Yeah, and they did it versus Napoli too. So it's not it's not something yeah. that we say, oh, it was just the off day. It's That's how their approach of the game is. Catano, Catano he's, uh, I, I like his, his opinion about something. Tell me about the Lazio Vinzaghi because you remember you never liked him when he was a Lazio too, and the Lazio that Sari has Lazio. and the difference between the, on the game between Mourinho three three five two and uh, and uh, Sari four three three or four three two one whatever so, you want to call it. I, I don't think any of us uh, thought that Lazio was going to do anything this year and not in the top four. So I got to give some credit to uh, to Sari for what he did. And going back to this game, and when you look and say, well, Chiro was not there, and Milinkovic was not there, are they, do they have enough to to win this game? And when we go back and we look, hey, you take Lukaku out of here, uh, do you take mm. uh, uh, you take uh, Dybala out of Roma, and then they can, uh, and you take uh, Di Maria and uh, Chiesa, out of, and uh, they have this guy Pedro, and they got this guy Philip Anderson, mm. mamma mia, these guys, they got some skills and they got some technical the abilities. That's it. And they, and one thing that you were talking about yesterday, who can uh, salta l'uomo? Huh? Who can beat their man? Who can beat their man? Once you beat your man, you have created a, 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 a lot of chaos on the other uh, defense. You know, if you cannot beat the man, there's no way you're going to win any games. But once you beat the man, and mm. then the other players has to come to get you, that means that there's a player that is free. Yeah. And I am really uh, those Philippe Anderson. What a skills this guy has, and um, and Pedro from Roma too. Pedro. You know what's interesting about that? About those two players specifically, Pedro was seen at he wears the number nine, but he was also seen to be the player that was the number nine. And I listened to Sadi's interview on why Philippe Anderson was there and Pedro's not. And he says it's all about the spaces that they create. He said Felipe Anderson is much better at creating spaces and receiving balls than Pedro is. He said Pedro's very good at a specific task. Felipe Anderson can do a little bit of everything. And I think when you if you watch that game back, especially tactically, the way Felipe Anderson checks in to the ball, he did a great job. He's not the biggest player, but he did a great job at getting in between those Roma defenders, laying the ball back, which allows everyone else to take space, including himself who is a little bit better receiving the ball within space. So those little things, I I personally, I love hearing why the decision is there because right when he went out, right when Immobile went out, I assumed that it would have been Pedro and Philippe Anderson on the wing. So just Me to too. hear that is very interesting. Me too, right. Uh, well, the balance on the defense, what made the difference on the game yesterday? Because uh, when Sarri attacks and they lose the ball, they have always the, the four on the back that they... Uh, it's they're not outnumbering you, but uh, it's it's not easy to go through. Okay, when Mourinho loses the ball and you find yourself with three defenders, the people trying to catch up. The same way Inzaghi Inzaghi lost the game against the Juventus. Inzaghi found the three defenders too far up, not once but two times, and they got beat at their own game. The best defenders that were supposed to be Inter's defender, they got beat at their own game. De Vrij was, I'm sorry, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Bastoni. Bastoni wa- was no, not there. Not, no, no, no De Vrij. Okay, no, I'm sorry. They did the ex-Lazio player. Acerbi. 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 Ac
they were too far up and they got caught with in, cow- in, in a, America we say yeah, well but in America we say with their pants down okay <laughs> alright that's yeah, it. you went all completely backwards. Guys, we had yeah. our Seattle coffee. Delicious, we, Peter, by the way. Every time we have our Seattle coffee, thank you, Peter, for making this. Of course. They're our sponsor for the podcast. We do a Seag player of the round. Mm-hmm. Michael and I, we're, we're prepared, so we'll start off. But I want you guys to <laughs> think, think about, you about one player that really caught your eye. It could have been a top performer, an obvious one, or it could be somebody that did something so little that you enjoyed. I'll start off. I'll say... Uh, Obvious one, but uh, I want to give him a little bit of limelight. I'm going to give it to Fagioli, Pasta Fagioli, because I like a young player doing well. I like the goal that he scored, and I like the maturity that he sh- showed in uh, the derby. And uh, I think that this uh, this kid really has a future, and I hope him, Miretti, and uh, a couple others control that midfield and don't give their spots back. Create mm-hmm. a healthy, competitive environment within the team that we've lacked for some time. Yeah, that was a good one, Marco. I think I'm going to have to uh, stick to Anto's team on this one and say Tonali. I think Tonali had a fantastic game. Mm. It was unfortunate his incredible, incredible goal did not count, but he did something else. He gave that beautiful assist to Giroud who did a beautiful acrobatic finish and gave them the win. Tonali was everywhere. He is, uh, Inter made another big mistake by giving him up because he is he is literally a gem. I love that. He is he's so incredible. That's he really call, built into this team and I think he's going he's going to be the future of Milan. He's going to be the next Maldini for Milan, I think. He's not Maldini. He's gonna, I mean the next, like the oh, next that, captain. The capitan. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. I mean. yeah. Antonio, I would say Who per, is your... per gesto tecnico is Giroud. I mean Tonali, yes, but Giroud the way at that 36, that's what that's what you know makes you think. You're 36 years old. <laughs> he, when he took the shirt off, the guy's got a 12 pack. <laughs> Does he look like you when you take your shirt off? Oh, you don't want to see <laughs> you me look with like my you shirt got off. a sweater on after Giroud, you take your shirt off. Giroud, he got this beautiful, spectacular, delicious. Oh my God. Una, una, una sforbiciata, una, una mezza rovesciata to the, da sogno. Not even, not even when you're a kid, you dream. You, you, it's impossible <laughs> even to dream to do something just as good as what Giroud did. Okay? The, not because to take anything away from Fagioli. I think Fagioli, Piro, did a great job. But Giroud, Giroud, <laughs> Giroud, in giro, una girata, alla Giroud, una girata, alla Giroud, una girata. You know what girata means? Yes, the term. Una girata, alla Giroud. Okay. Go ahead. I enjoyed so much. I wanted. I was praying no one interrupted you. You were just. You were in your own zone. You were in a kid in a candy shop right there. My gosh. You know what? Even though Giroud was not my Siag Player of the Week. You convinced me that he is the player of the week. Thanks well to Siag, because if I didn't have the Siag coffee, I, did, I was not on my own zone. So, but with Siag, <laughs> I'm on the zone, okay? Peter, who would be your player as my dad is looking up? Oh, she's going to stay costly. No, because I had Giroud too. Oh, <laughs> no, you can't. Okay, just give it to him. Give it to him. Take your time. He's got time. Don't look up Kostic. I'm not <laughs> Kostic. <laughs> He's like, damn it, I was gonna buy no, I mean, Kostic, the guy beat Barella, you know, in a 1v1 yeah, race. Then he, you know, led to the assist. So both Juventus goals came from Kostic. Also, not to not to forget his shot. I mean, Onana made an unbelievable save, but it still hit off the hit off the post. So, I mean, Kostic, I think, deservedly needs to... I need to tip my hat to him, unfortunately, but I'm surprised. Peter. Catan, I'm going to give you a good suggestion while you're checking over there. Get Maldini because I've had a bel call, uh, the Maldini oh, skid. Mm. 
So while he's uh, thinking, and if you don't have one we, after this, then we're just gonna move we're gonna on. Say, we're gonna, gonna get count it. to ten. Nine, uh, the, li- the link eight, is in the description. If you want to get your Seattle coffee, use code IFTV20 and you'll get 20% off. Oh, my gosh. How easy it is. The link is in the description. You get it on Amazon. Because I order. if it's not on Amazon, I don't order it anymore. It's true. You can also it's get true. it there. Uh, just very easy, simple Seattle coffee. Thank you. Do you have your player? <laughs> Do you have your player? Um, Maybe coach. Maybe coach. I used your coach last time. Giroud. You're going to confuse him. He's going to go back. No, no. I, uh, the one that, the player that, uh, surprised me the most and because of what he does on a week and and every week is Giro. I mean the guy is for his age and the stage of his life and you think that he's over that that's it he's done you know somebody like uh, Ibramovic comes there doesn't play for a year you think hey is that he's going to play a game or two and then he's going to go uh, it's going to go off uh, so I was going to get him. But there was a goal that they were scored. Um, I think it was in the Salernitana game. This guy hit the ball on the volley from outside the area. It was unbelievable goal. Or something. Uh, it was a, a beautiful goal. The uh, the technical ability. Uh, and it, it was uh, amazing. So I'll go with... Uh, I think, was Ore- I think it was Orekele. I think it was his Okay, 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 Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was <laughs> in the Salernitana game. Yeah, they played two, two. player. He's yeah. a, he actually has been really good. He scored yeah. a goal against Inter as well. He's got he's yeah. very good from top of the box. Right. Marco, let me say one more thing about Giroud because it's oh very important. Gosh, again, I, I gotta, again, you gotta Giroud. let me have it, my friend. First of all, Pioli, who does he go when uh, you know we have Origi for playing over uh, you know for uh, 50, 50, almost sixty minutes. Origi is so disappointing. Origi is just very oh disappointing gosh. the way he's been playing. But yeah. who does he go? He goes fishing all the time. The same guy. Oh, is, oh, what, there's no one call? else there. Ghostbusters. There's no. <laughs> Who's gonna go for Drew comes true. But Peter's okay. right oh, all the time. There's no one 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 all the time. Okay. True. We were supposed to get him too. But, you uh, so better get two? <laughs> well, better two. Better two. All right. Uh, let's talk about Napoli too. Uh, oh, and then we'll, we'll conclude. Another team that, again, um, they, it's the first time that they were out with Kvara, Kvaratelia, regarded as probably the best signing, best player of Serie A in the first 12 matches. And, you know, I wonder too about them. I bet that they were going to win, but I was a little bit nervous. I said, can they really win? without Quada against an Atalanta side who similar to some of the other teams we talked about not scared to be make a foul not scared to be dangerous not scared to get their boots dirty they will make a game however they need to because again they've also refound themselves they've been more pragmatic than usual and Napoli once again found a way against an Atalanta side they're in they're in Bergamo I know that they've won more games away but it's still not an easy... It shouldn't be an easy place to go. Napoli, find a way to win again. A big match. And I was so impressed. Osimen, my gosh. What a player Osimen has turned into. You know, I uh, I will say that... Not, I, I always knew Osimen's a good player. But I never thought of him as the best striker in the league. I always thought other players. You know, I would put him in, you know, the top five. But I always would say Vlahovic is better than, than him, right? 
Um, you could find other players. I would probably have chose Lautaro, even though he's a little bit different. I would chose Lautaro over him. He is cementing himself, really, as one of the best strikers that we have in Serie A. He creates opportunities, not just by the goals that he scores, but by his physicality. The way that he moved, pushed off Demiral, who Demiral is one of the most physical players in our league. The way that he finds spaces for himself. The way he holds up the ball. You know, he's a skinny guy, but he holds up the ball by using his body extremely well. He sets up his teammates. He does a little bit of everything, and then he has an extraordinary technique as well to score goals when it matters most. Ossiman fought for his place back because a couple weeks ago I said, I don't know who Napoli's striker should be. That's respect to how good Raspadoni and Simeone are. We fully know. Yeah. Simeone is the man this, for Napoli. Simeone. Simeone. ready? You ready? Ch- he, changes, he changed his mind already. But yeah, Marco, oh my God. We're talking about <laughs> a lot. There's so much criticism and a lot of people were saying, which I guess you can get annoyed for, for saying, oh, a lot of people were saying, Napoli played better without Osiman. When he was injured at Napoli, we're still playing very good. But ever since Osiman came back, every Serie A game that he played in, he scored a goal. And against Atalanta, Napoli proven me wrong week out, week in and week out. Coming back from a goal down against Atalanta, which is so hard to do. It's not easy. Atalanta has been playing very well this season. And a lot of people counted them out also. But my God, Osiman made Demiral on that play look like a Serie B player. Totally swept past him, scored a goal, got in a, maybe a, but I'm just trying Demiral's to... Demiral was really good. Besides, good. It was a beautiful battle. I'm, I'm messing around, but Osiman just swept him out of the water. It was incredible. I, I couldn't, but I had to like rub my eyes and watch that play a game. But he's showing, he's, he's really showing people, he's like, listen, I'm your striker for the future and I'm going to be here. I'm the most expensive Napoli signing ever. And he's I think he's proving to be extremely well. A lot of people could say, oh, his touch isn't the best, not the best technically. But man, he's like, when the ball, when he has a ball at his feet, he's like a starving child ready to attack and prove people wrong. And that's exactly what he's doing. What a, what a man management as well by Spalletti. Overall, the way he even put Elmas in, and Elmas is the one who scores yeah, the goal that we're yeah. saying that he sets up. The, the fact that he's created, again, I go back to this healthy competition where when I saw the starting 11 and I saw... Elmas starting, I said, what the hell is going on here? Should have been Raspadori, right? That's who all of us was were expecting. That's a position he had played in uh, in the past. I said, for sure, it will be Raspadori. He sees something in Elmas, and Elmas did a really played a really good match. Yeah. He kept him in even late into the game. That man management and that healthy squad, squad that they have is so crucial in whatever Napoli will go on to achieve. And it might be the best thing that was brought to this team is just how much everyone within the team works for each other and how you can't predict who their best 11 is at times in certain positions. I'll tell you what, Osiman, not only not only been scoring like Mike is saying, he's the one that creates even when the ball is not on his feet. It's the true. guy, when he tries to make a run, he the takes ball. one or two defenders with him. With him. Yeah. By doing that, he creates space and he frees up like Gaetano says all the time. If it's up somebody, whether it could be a could be a Raspadori, whether it can be Simeone. In this particular case, it was uh, Elmas. It was Elmas. I mean, uh, it's always is the system <clears throat> that Spalletti has right now that is working with him. The individuality it, it comes true because of the system that he has uh, in place that is working. This awesome man, believe me, is the extra man that Napoli has for the for the way he moves without the ball and more when he has the ball off the ball work he's very good off at off the ball it's excellent yeah. more important than Juara 
more than Quara. Quara is from, in, it makes the progression a place and it takes you on the one-on-one. But Osiman, when he makes the run, just pay attention to the defender. They gravitate at least one on him and the other one is already very, very close by. By doing that, it's always somebody else coming from the middle or from the backside ready to do damage because he opens up, he the, frees it up, he other opens up the field for uh, for the other people to come from the middle, from the backside. No, Osiman is a is a modern striker. This is what you the the prototype number nine is exactly Osiman. So I mean, Napoli spend money for him, seventy million or such, but he's well worth the money after after the goals that he's been scoring this year and what he's able to to give to this Napoli team. Then just to go off what Antonio said, Spalletti, he's such a a great man manager. I think he's he's the one that knows all his players the best, right? He sees them day in day out in practice. So I guess, you know, he's been he's been calling the shots, he's been making some uh, not necessarily head scratching moves, but some uh questionable or or not knowing exactly why he chooses one player or the other and then what happens? That player ends up going and having a great game or going to score. So is it luck? Uh, you know, I think if if it happens more than once, there there's a reason for it and I think Spalletti has done a remarkable job and these are games that by winning like it just solidifies your place, you know, as first place, nonetheless. But to go on and win the scudetto, like these are massive wins. Because yeah, yeah. I would have said, you know, by all means, especially going down one nothing. Okay, Vara's out. These are this is a game that he, Napoli could drop points. This mm-hmm. could be their first uh, hiccup, you know, hiccup yeah. or or first even loss. a tie. Atalanta or loss, yes, but even Atalanta played them tough. But even a tie. Yeah. So they like Atalanta had some chances. So. You know, like I said, sometimes over a stretch of a season, these three points matter mm-hmm. most. Can yeah. really add up at the end. Yeah. Exactly. We always talking. Wait, got Marco. We always talking about the, the goal scores and all the stuff. I have to give a lot of credit to Meret. Meret is doing extremely, extremely mm-hmm. a spectacular job for them. Yes. He's been making key saves for uh, for Napoli. I mean, my <laughs> butterfinger, the guy was my uh, my favorite guy. He's the goal and butterfinger all the time. Man. Now, uh, what did they this say? Is maturity. Maturity. What did they, yeah. what did they say last year? Yeah. I always like Meret. Hey, by the way, Phil. Phil, if, you lo- if you're listening to this podcast, we want you to come back over here. We love you. Not that Napoli's first place. You have no excuse for an, 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 an Forget about Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. lost. Phil, the Phillies <laughs> oh, lost. Oh, Phil from Philadelphia. I know. No, but I'm saying he's just concentrating on Napoli right now. I know. I'm at Napoli. Napoli. I feel it. The, the same he thing. He has no clue. Okay. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I end Napoli to win this game. Why? Because right now they're playing with such high confidence. And even if they go down one goal, they find a way to score and get back to the game right away. And that, that's the mentality and that's the confidence. Whatever they do, they uh, they do it well. What uh, Spalletti has to show me, though, okay, you talk about Spalletti and all the moves that he makes, he's got to show me that in uh, February, he can still have the steam mm-hmm. playing this way. Once he shows me that, then I'll believe in Spalletti. Understood. Ooh, uh, one okay. last thing about uh, Napoli, and then let's talk about Atalanta. We'll talk about the Champions League draws, and we'll, we'll get out of here. Um, the They showed me again one more time that they're able to win matches in different ways. The game against Sassuolo, they're able to score early. The game against Roma was a battle. They just needed individual brilliance to be able to do this, to be able to win that game. This one, come from behind, go down to Atalanta. Like you said, Antonio, they're not easy to come back into the match. Just one more added to the arsenal of yep when that happens we know how to respond when plan a doesn't work plan b 
When plan B doesn't work, plan C. That's one thing that makes him very strong on all fronts. Atalanta, uh, not too much to add ab about them. Uh, Lukman is a brilliant footballer. He's good. He's Lukman good. is one of the bright spots of this season. Is it five, five, six goals? Five goals or six goals this season in the Serie A? Uh, what a player he is. He's got the speed. He's got the intensity. He's got the dribbling. Uh, he's he's confident. We didn't know who the leader would have been for Atalanta yeah. in the attack. And he was the man. He's better playing off of a target striker, in my opinion. The the thing that I'm going to say, Hoyland, man, in over his head. Hoyland is way... That game, Gasparini made a big, big, big mistake. Number one, playing Hoyland. And then number two, not taking him out. He had this one chance. You're right in front yeah, of the net. Yeah, and you're not able to score. I mean, come on. You got Zapata on the bench. I don't care about the form that he's on. Hoyland was a disaster. But in every movement, maybe he's going to turn out to be a great player. I'm not mm. doubting that at all. I understand many people say the talent he has. That was a bad night against Napoli. The pressure's too much. I didn't really believe. He wasn't He wasn't even doing the simple things right. Because if you have a bad match, okay, at least work for your team. Be able to check in, play the ball back. He was losing every ball. He was trying to do too much. He was going back and making fouls. Over, overdid it. And I was disappointed that Gasparini didn't take him out earlier. Atlanta without injury, they had they had injuries. Darun wasn't able to start. We know the form that Zapata's been on. Uh, Palomino has been out. He's coming back into the team. They're missing a lot of guys. They were, uh, and this is one of the games. I'll say, you don't don't want to be like loser talk, but you can lose this game. You lose to you lose to Napoli. You could swallow the pill and uh -huh. say, let's make sure that we don't make this become a rut. Napoli's the best team in Italy. Atalanta, it was second best. It was a great battle between first and second. I love the game. You you lost, and they need to work on those little key moments. And I just want to say really quick, like Marco was mentioning Lukman. By the way, Lukman is Nigerian, and so is Osiman. So if you're a Nigerian, I'm sure you're very happy and a, a big Serie A fan now because their national team will look pretty yeah, good. They're going they're, crazy on our social. Th their attack is going to look very nicely. next. Whoever plays against Nigeria, I think their defense is going to be extremely scary. Uh, Nigerian followers. I have a bunch lately. of Nigerian friends and colleagues. Really? i got to tell you something. Do they know? Oh, they, like Osiman? Osiman? they like Osiman. Did you tell them to follow the podcast? I do. Of course they follow the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a question is that? There but you know what? Go. Let me add to what you just said before. I don't think I would put too much blame on the young kid over there. Hoyland? Yeah. yeah. I would put the blame I'm on... I'm not blaming him for the loss, but I'm blaming him for the... Hatebor had a lousy game. I was watching his mistake defensively. He missed so many balls. I mean, the guy couldn't do one thing right. I was watching him the whole game. And Gasparini, unfortunately, didn't have any the answer to, to take him out and just sub him with uh, an equal. Uh, from the defensive side mm. he did everything bad just go watch the game Atebor I think lost the game for Atalanta <laughs> everything that they had, they had, a, few yeah. play, they had a few key players that didn't it wasn't a good night for Atalanta yeah. you know who's, who they're missing the most to me to me is Pessina nah. their midfield their midfield I is not that. Their midfield is not as good as they used to have it when Pessina used to be. Okay, there. so I think you're onto something there. Either, just though. because I think that they didn't have their anchor. I would have went. I, yeah. They, you know, they played Ederson and Pasalic and <sighs> Cup Miners. All three of those players. Is there anyone there willing to do the dirty work? That is there anyone there that does the sacrifice of dropping deep and being the anchor? No. I mean, Ederson. I like Ederson. I think he's a talent. But he did not know where he was playing. He started as an attacking midfielder. Then he was a, a midfielder. Then he was playing in defense. I mean, 
he was all over the place and he was not doing any of those he's positions. He's not that kind of player Correct. though. He's to play not. A so for me, that's plays. what was lacking. Yeah. Okay, I know Darun wasn't fit to play the 90 minutes, but that position, especially when you play the style that Atalanta is, when you you need equal balance. Yeah, balance. Yeah. One goes up, one goes back. They didn't have that balance in the midfield. Anything sure. on Atalanta, guys? No. Pete? That's it, you guys said. All right. Okay. Champions League draws. Let's yeah. do Champions League draws and then uh, we'll get out of here. Probably the best possible outcome, I think we could say, for our Italian teams. Mm. We avoided some of the big dogs. This is Champions League. No one is a pushover. No one is easy games. We're not saying that at all. It just goes by probabilities and what kind of matchups we can expect. Mike, yeah. read the draws for us, please. So the first one is Napoli ended up getting on track Frankfurt. So not bad. Inter ended up getting Porto. We know they're tough. Uh, Milan got Spurs. Your favorite coach, uh, Conte, you're going to be going up against. Mm. Let's start so, there. What start here? Yeah. Well, I'll take it. I'll take uh, I'll take the Spurs. I mean, uh, I, w- I would love to have uh, what the, the, the matchup with the, the Manchester City got, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, we'll take the we'll take Conte. We're going to take Conte. We're not yeah. afraid of uh, of Conte. Conte. Conte is all over the place lately. So it's been they're uh, tricky. Yeah. Well, listen to me. They're tricky. All they do, they have a little speed and some. Uh, they, their midfield is not as good as. You think there is? They have Kane. They have a couple other. Uh, Son, Son, Son They have a bunch of Juventus reject that they are actually doing extremely well in uh, in Tottenham. Okay. I think Tottenham is beatable. That's one thing. Yeah, I think yeah, as far I'm as a Milan draw, it could have been a lot worse. It could have it went very yeah, bad. And for I, all the I teams. literally said I sent in the group chat too. I was saying uh, Tottenham for you guys just because yeah. of the Conte return. That would be nice. Tottenham was one of the big teams, one of the big ones that I said. I watched how they played in Champions League. We know Conte's history in the Champions League. Yeah. I was very okay. I wanted one of you guys to get Tottenham because I think they're beatable. Can they win? Absolutely. I mean, it's Tottenham. They have a great team. They play a good style on certain nights. Yeah, yeah. But I think that Milan's matchup of Tottenham is actually really good. I like the way that this plays out. I believe in Milan's chances. Mm-hmm. They're a threat, yes, in some regards. And I like that the first game is also in Milano, right? I believe the first game is in Milano. Is it better? Uh, yeah, you can set better. the tone. Listen, I always I like the first game home first. I gotta tell you something. I don't want to trade Tottenham with the Porto. Porto, they're not easy. They're oh, nasty. They're, they're nasty. They're team not Porto. easy. They're not second. This is not a Porto. They they're nasty. They're good. They play the they're game good. the right way. Well, they are. I'm happy with Tottenham. If uh, if you were asking me, Ando, would you trade me Tottenham and would give you Porto? Porto? No, I keep Tottenham. Porto, the Catanacho style. Let's, let's talk about Porto. No, we know about Porto and what they're able to do. I mean, they came out of a, a very tough group, uh, you know, as first place. And then Sergio Consensao is not, you know, a stranger from Serie A, played with ex Lazio, ex Inter. So he has this pragmatic approach. And Porto, they've always been tough. They were a thorn in the side, I know, for Juventus. Uh, so Inter is going to have a tough game for sure. But I think, as we said before, I mean, much much rather play Porto than a, a Man City, than you know, yeah. than a lot of these other top teams at coming out of a group in, as second yeah. place as Inter did. So it it was a it's a it's going to be a tough draw. Champions League is Champions League, but we have until February to recoup all mm. our players. <laughs> but also, it just got back into the into swing of things, and then Lukaku by then. Yeah. Can we never know what's going to happen, of course, but I do agree. I was very happy for Milan and Inter. They were in tough moments. What moments. did Juventus get, by the way? <laughs> oh, sorry. They out. <laughs> did you say that's a joke? No, You're I just, I just fun did, over here. No, it was the coffee. The coffee. That <laughs> so I, I think, like, 
you know, if you don't get Manchester City, you don't get Borussia, you don't get... Uh, Borussia would have been okay. No, Bayern Munich, I meant, uh, PSG, yeah, uh, Liverpool, Bayern. Real Madrid. If you don't get one of those five teams, hey, listen, you did pretty good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's out true. of those teams, the one that I didn't want to get is Conte. Because Conte knows uh, AC Milan pretty good. Mm. They know all, believe me, Conte is going to do... Oh, Gaetano. going to do some job on AC Milan. You, hear you, favor, you, you, you favor Tottenham in this game? Not who uh, you want, but you think that their style will hurt them? So, if you say Tottenham, can they, uh, is it a better team than uh, AC Milan? I would say no, but I think Conte is mm. uh, he's got the edge on AC Milan. Oh, All right, I'll take that. <laughs> Damn. Okay, I don't necessarily agree. Uh, I, I think that Conte, we know how he struggled in, in European competitions and Champions League, managing on three fronts. Uh, hopefully, whenever, I haven't checked the schedule, but hopefully he's got a terrible lineup of games coming up uh, when he has to play Milan so that he can't concentrate and he pulls his, uh, his shenan- as much as I love Conte, he's one of my favorite coaches, hopefully he pulls his same shenanigans uh, against Milan. I think for Inter, uh, what I was saying, my point, I was trying to be nice to you and <laughs> give you a compliment and oh. then you made fun of uh, Juventus. My uh, hey, thing $20 was, goes a long way, okay? <laughs> Milan and Inter, they were in tough moments in terms of missing players. And I wanted them to conclude this Champions League round, get out of the group stage because it almost becomes a new competition. Mm-hmm. Get your players back because I fully believe when you are at full force, when you have everything at your disposal, you are a challenge to any team mm-hmm. in Europe, both for the mentality that you have, the style that you play, and the characters that you have on the team. So, yes, anyone is difficult, but I'm very happy with the draw. Let's talk about Napoli. They're the team that finished in first. Again, thank God for them. The only real worry I had was PSG. PSG. Not because they can't beat PSG, but let's be honest. I know we're excited that Napoli's playing good, but you want to avoid PSG at all costs. They got the three Martians up top. And Bayern, too. But they, oh, they couldn't have gotten Bayern. No, no. Yeah, they couldn't have gotten Bayern. They went first. Bayern. They went no. first. Oh, yeah, Bayern you're right. First. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, PSG was the only team. The rest of them, I said, bring it on. Uh, Frankfurt is probably one of the better teams yeah, to have gotten out of the other ones. But again, for me, my focus is not really on the opposite team because we're at the point where I say, player-wise, we have the players. It's about our approach. It's about how do we go into this game? Not going in with a fear mentality. Not going in it with, oh my God, we have so much to lose. We got three beautiful Italian teams in the next round. Beautiful. Beautiful for the style <laughs> that they play. Yeah, they play. I don't care. I really believe that they have a good style of play. The games against Chelsea, for me, they were flukes. Learn from them, get better. Inter showed their power over, even if it is a lower Barcelona, a weaker Barcelona, that still takes a lot to go to the Camp Nou and do what they did, and they should have been able to win the game. And Napoli that has brought the joy to Italy. They are the joy. They are the ones that can go the furthest. Get these games done. Get them to the point where we could win. And I fully, fully believe that all three of our Italian teams can go through to the next round, which is a statement that I haven't been able to stay in quite some time. No, no, Margaret, you said it well. And I, I just, you said a week in Barcelona. Even though they're weekend, me and Peter were seeing La Liga today a little bit, and Madrid lost, which means Barcelona are actually first place by two points over Real Madrid. So I think they're doing Same a little bit better. Same too. games played. So I think they're doing a little bit better than we expected and gives more credit to Inter overall because I think they should have won... Uh, uh, both games by a bigger margin, whatever the case was. With you got the draw. Europa League draws too. I do have the Europa League draws for the other teams. 
We have Anto Juventus, who you're asking about before. Look how he's looking at me. They got Nantes from uh, Ligue 1. I believe and they're at 16th place yeah. currently in Ligue 1. The well. way that they got into this, uh, I'm pretty sure, this is what I was told, that they won like the Coppa Italia of France the year before. The Coppa Francia, you mean? Yeah, the Coupe de France. Coupe de France. 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 trying to translate for, uh, yeah. for our terms. From the Coupe Italia of France is how they were able to get into that. That's what I was told. <laughs> and uh, Roma actually got RB Salzburg, Holland's ex-team. So they're actually... That's they're probably not, the worst team to get because they're, they're coming from Champions League. They are. They're, yeah, they're they, they, fell, they were in third place and they fell. So that, that's going to be a tricky team for Mourinho. We'll see how and they Lazio do. In the conference and the Conference League draw, Lazio got CLJ Cluj, a, a team from Belgium, right? Mm. And then Fiorentina got a tough uh, Rom- draw. Romania. Is it Romania? Cluj? Yeah, because Scuffet. Remember Scuffet? He came He's from... He's the goalkeeper. Oh, right. okay, you're right. You need a flag. No, it's not a flag. It's a, oh, there's it's no a flag. Logo for okay, the, okay. It's a logo. And Fiorentina got a tough one, Braga from Portugal, which That's is tough. a very tough one for Fiorentina. Let's see how serious uh, Lazio take the Conference League. After yeah, all that was said... That's all they said. Forget I mean, it. they went from, ah, oh, the Conference League, we, we don't want the Conference League, yeah. to, okay, now we got to take it serious to Saudi. If I was president, I wouldn't do the Conference League... But overall, I think, like I think uh, it's a very positive uh, viewing for Serie in terms of the draws they got. It could have been much worse. Considering the you know, past nah. seasons, we feel like a lot of the Serie team's got screwed we feel from the draws. Draw. But I'm just saying overall, overall in all, I, I would think it's a positive that uh, with the draws. It's all about, the for me, it's all about our approach. What do we go in it? Yeah, we, we'll there's times where our Italian teams, they disappoint us. They don't actually want to win in the Europa League. They see it as a burden, as a competition that just takes away. Of course, we hate that. We don't like that. We, I mean, we. Who's we? <laughs> Juventus. No. Because you're not on the Champions League. All of us at the well, table. I was literally talking about Europa League. We love Why it. We are on the Champions League. We love uh, uh, the Euro, Euro, Europa League. Yeah. You have got to like it. League. You can have the like that. Believe me. They're playing nonsense uh, in the Europa League. Nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. <laughs> Gosens. <laughs> Gosens, no sense, okay? All right, Definitely guys. nonsense, right. nonsense. Guys, nonsense. end the podcast. We'll see you next week. As always, we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys.